Hochzeitsfotografen und hallo, mein Name ist Andy und diese ist Neil. Neil, wie geht's? Gut, sehr gut. <lacht> ja, hallo. Uh, Deutsch zu hören. Ich sprach in Deutsch, aber nicht so gut und das genug. Hey, everybody, uh, that was for our uh, German listeners out there. Uh, you know, we've been picking up the German listenership and uh, I just wanted to continue to impress my Hola. German friends. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not German. Yeah, that is not German. Uh, and and by the way, uh, listen to the end of the episode because at the end of the episode, you'll hear me training Neil on how to say gut sehr gut, uh, but it wasn't quite <laughs> quite happening. So I'm going to leave that little that little lick in at the end, you oh, know, boy. just for fun, right at the end of the episode. Um, okay, we should, so we should leave the first take in there too. Because we did a first take right before this. I think we should leave that in there. Maybe. I don't know, Just but saying. that's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, we can embarrass me all the time, but okay, I see how they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 <laughs> it wasn't, I, I, mean, I was fine. I mean, my German was great the first time too, you know? So whatever. Yeah, how long were you practicing um, that for? No, th so the only words I needed to look up was unite and wedding photographers. But other than that, I, I knew all the other words. But yeah, uh, okay. so... So Unite is Vereinen, and uh, wedding photographers in Germany, uh, just in case you never knew, and I think I'm pronouncing this the right way, is Hochzeitsfotografen. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was a little, uh, little, little, little thing for our German friends there, because apparently we're picking up listenership in Germany, according to a couple, a couple of our German friends in the new Facebook group, which, by the way, um, do I even need to go through this? No, I don't need to do the rest of this intro. So what I'm actually going to do is just go right into the announcements then, uh, which... Uh, have been uh, this. Uh, so we do have a Facebook group up and following our previous episode where, where I actually announced it the right way, uh, we picked up, uh, you know, a number of new new people in there. I think we're close to 50 now, something like that. Um, so uh, join us in the Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, just uh, just uh, search in the search bar, type in Wedding Photographers Unite and that new Facebook group will come up. Uh, and so join us in there so we can continue to uh, get to know you guys a little bit better. And once we get, uh, you know, a little bit more active, we'll start get posting a little bit more in there once we build up uh, the, the mm -hmm. audience in there. So, but if you ask us questions in there, we'll get back to you in there too. Um, that's another way to just uh, keep in contact with us. So, uh, also, uh, just another uh, announcement and reminder that in episode 51, uh, we will be critiquing listener photos uh, in mm -hmm. episode 51. Uh, and, you know, I actually got a question from somebody asking, like, when the deadline is for that. So I should probably give a deadline, too. Uh, so the deadline for sending in photos, uh, which should be 2,000 pixels on the long end, just to keep everything consistent, uh, will be uh, December 15th. Because I did the math, Neil, and it looks like episode 51 is going to happen, like, late December, sometime around okay. there. So. Okay, so uh, December 15th will be the deadline to send in uh, four of your top images at 2,000 pixels long for a critique. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, the images are coming in too. Uh, man, we have some talented photographers listening to us. I know. And you know, it's I've done critiques before and when they're better, they're harder to critique. You know, So you really <laughs> kind of have to be on your game. But we've got some really... Um, Listeners that produce really nice work um, so far from what we've seen. So uh, looking yeah. forward to that. Uh, so uh, 
Neil, we're gonna um, let me just ask you, uh, what's been going on? How are you doing? What's new lately? Not much. Nothing. Honestly, um, no, not really. I had I had this past weekend off. Um, well, not really because I had so much work to do and other things going on. But um, uh, but you were busy. Uh, you were in you were in New York City for Photo Plus. I wish I wish I could have been there. Yeah. How, how'd that go? Uh, so now is my time to be honest. Um, with, Ooh, without any of the right. the nonsense, you know. So. Oh yes, I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing crazy. It's just that. So I, we were on the show, the episode, a few episodes ago, and I was like, hey, I'm available for Photo Plus. I was like, well, why don't I go? Because why not? Mm-hmm. And I did bring like my recorder because I was like, maybe I'll go up and interview some people, whatever. Um, but I really wasn't like, I, personally, I think I just needed to like get out of this. I just needed to go somewhere for right now mm-hmm. and like do something that wasn't a wedding. So I ended up going down with a photographer um, out in Buffalo. His name is Merrick Goma. He's a not he's not a wedding photographer. Uh, he's more into mm-hmm. like doing stuff for the you know for doing his own kind of work. A lot of portrait work. He's very talented. Uh, but Merrick and I uh, drove over and uh, and basically like the first uh, day we did go to you know we went to Photo Plus. But for me, you know, as far as Photo Plus goes, because I've gone to the last you know, two WPPIs in a row. And then mm-hmm. I think the photo plus before that I went to the year before. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of like, uh, this is just being honest. It's a lot of the same people doing a lot of the same things. And I didn't really go for the sake of, I'm um, going attending any of the workshops or sessions or anything like that. It was just kind of more like, I'm going to go and see the show floor and then kind of hang out in New York. And it was, it was more along the second lines. So like even the show floor itself, it was just kind of like I zipped up and down it and maybe like four or five, four or five hours total. And that's really the only time that I spent at photo plus. Yeah. Um, that's not good. But, um, well, yeah, well, I mean, I think it's fine. I mean, do you, it's, do you mean not good? Like for me as a professional <laughs> or just, or just like getting bored with the whole thing, you know, it's like, that's, that's kind of like what I meant that there's nothing new out there that kind of holds your attention or, or, you know, keeps, keeps you, um, I don't know. That keeps you from, uh, I don't know. Like keeps your attention kind of yeah. thing. I mean, it's not um, to say that, it- I mean, even, even though you did go to WPPI, but I don't know. I, th- I think all these things should be different. They should bring in new speakers, um, and, and that's one of my gripes is that you see the same speakers over and over teaching the same things. Yeah. Um, let's, let's get some new faces out there. Yeah. So it's a little bit of that, but it's also, mm-hmm. it's also me too, you know, like just to be totally honest, cause I'm just, you know, I've, I don't know. I feel like I've not that I have, I have more to learn. I, I, you, if you always have more to learn, cause if you ever think that you've learned it all and you don't have anywhere to go, you're just dead in the water. So it's not, right. so I understand that, um, intellectually, but I'm just for whatever reason, just kind of like I just need to not I, I I could not handle attending workshops right now. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, but going up and down the show floor was more for networking for me, um, which was uh, very cool. I end up seeing um, uh, Michaela and Dave, who have been on the podcast before at the Harris Company. Oh yeah, um, the Harris Company. So that was great. Um, I saw uh, uh, Michaela was at the Fundy booth. Um, she was doing her Fundy mm-hmm. thing. And, uh, and, and she's just like killing it now. She's got her stuff over at Miller's and she had her workshop recently, the, the rise workshop that she's doing, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and, uh, went out to lunch with them. Um, and it was, uh, it was really good to see them and hang out with them for a little bit. Oh, cool. And then, you know, Michaela's so good at networking she was, uh, she was networking with this other, um, 
this other podcaster out there who has a, a new podcast, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I forget his uh, is the name in the podcast. Sorry, I mentioned it right now. I'm a horrible human being. I'm sorry, um, but uh, but it is. I think it was more about for just kind of going and hanging out in New York and networking a little bit on a light level for me. Um, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much was my Photo Plus <laughs> experience, which really wasn't much of one. I, I, I I'm sorry to say. Um, <laughs> Well, now, how about the photographer that went with you? Um, how was how's his experience? Even though he can't speak for himself, but um, but of course, you guys had a long drive on the way home. Sure. Was his experience? Yeah, so I like, think because especially since he's more of a portrait photographer. Yeah, so I and I think that's I think that's where Photo Plus is a little bit more geared towards. Yeah. So correct me if no, I'm wrong. No, no, you're right. I mean, I think that. Um, he was more into it for the networking. He's a commercial photographer looking to get his portfolio out there, do a portfolio review. But he's also, mm-hmm. and I've become, and I think this is why why I was a little bit lighter this year as far as the whole thing goes too. I've become very unconcerned with new gear, um, extremely unconcerned mm-hmm. with new gear. And he is, to- and Merrick is totally unconcerned with new gear. Um, so I think the combination of that, like we were going through the show floor and I'm like, eh, don't really care. Don't really care. It's new. You know what I mean? It's like, so we were going through the yeah. show floor just kind of being like, I don't really care about new gear. And that was what so much of it was about, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think for him too, I think he was kind of in a similar place that I was as far as like, um, you know, the, the overall thing, but to, for, I think for both of us, and this is true for both of us. And we were both talking about this a little bit. It's like, we would have gotten more out of it if we would have, you know, if I would have known that I was going ahead of time and planned for some interviews and planned to network a little bit with, with, with different kind of people, but I didn't do any of that. So I also want to put some of that on me as well. You know, this is just being, having a mm. totally open, honest conversation just about the whole thing, if that makes sense, you know? So, right. um, anyway, uh, so that was my, uh, photo plus experience. Uh, and <laughs> So, yeah, uh, so I guess we're going to go right into uh, some listener questions, which, by the way, uh, listeners, just remember that we have a handpicked assortment of information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you forgot, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-monthly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. Bi-wedding photographers. Mm. Uh, The show goes live uh, every other (laughs) week. And while we're at it, please do leave us a review in iTunes, subscribe in iTunes, and help us help you by sending in questions to info at weddingphotographersunite.com. Once again, that's info at weddingphotographersunite.com, just like Liz did. And Mm -hmm. uh, Liz is a former intern of mine who uh, is listening to the show. And uh, Liz wrote in, and it's basically, it's kind of a simple question, but it, it, it has some deeper roots to it, um, as we were kind of talking about. So I think I'm going to throw this to you first, Neil, from what you were talking about, but let me read the question for our listeners first. Um, so she's basically concerned about um, a potential client uh, that she is unsure would be a good client for her because she has a working relationship with him. And she basically says that she has the feeling that he may not pay in a timely manner or upfront or may not even show up to the shoot and these kinds of things. <laughs> and she's thinking about time versus money. And she's also concerned about her working relationship with him. And she doesn't want to uh, help create an awkward work environment or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. So the question is, is like, is how do you professionally decline an, an inquiry for a wedding or a photo session with a cl- client, especially somebody that you work with on a regular basis? So that's a question, um, and she's talking about how do you professionally decline. But Neil, you kind of were thinking something else. But I, I we'll throw this your way first, and then uh, we'll kind of go from there. Yes, I mean she did mention that how she she does have the time, and she does you know kind of need the money. So 
I would say don't decline him. Um, treat him like a regular client uh, by sending him a contract with a due date of a retainer, um, and then and then kind of go from there. If he's on time with that, and if he's if he and and that kind of sends him a message that you are professional and you are treating him as your own client, not as a friend of in the workspace. Um, so if he is on time, uh, then then kind of roll with it. If he's not, then that's where I would start making excuses of saying, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm just too busy. You lost your time slot because you didn't hand in hand in the retainer. Um, but I do have other professional photographers such as Andy uh, that that can take your headshot for you. Uh, so so at least you're trying to help him out um, by sending him to to someone else to a talent. Ph- photographer who will take care of him. Um, I've had instances where, you know, I've had these clients where, you know, I'm just not feeling it, but I went with it anyway and it ended up being an incredible photo shoot and incredible experience that really surprised me. So you just never know people, people may surprise you here and there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great answer. And I think that um, the first part of it is, is you know, what you were just alluding to is that in the way that we set up our shoots, there should be a vetting process so it's so that we can see if they're following through on what they, they say, you know, which basically is just having a good contract and having a deadline by the time they really need to get a deposit in, make sure they get the deposit and the contract in by a certain time. And especially if he's, a, if he's somebody that you work with, you want to treat him just like you would any other client and um, in the same way so to, to show them that, hey, this isn't just me having you show up and you paying me two, 300 bucks or whatever. It's like, no, you're a real client and you're going to get a real mm-hmm. contract and you're going to get a, you're going to have to make a real deposit by a real date. And then that's basically going to vet him as a potential client of yours, regardless of, of, of anything, of anything else. So, uh, I mean you, so that, that's the first part. And I think that's, that's very important to have that in place. But, and then the second thing too, is like, and I kind of want to piggyback off what you're saying too, Neil, because mm-hmm. I was even kind of thinking about bringing this up as a conundrum, but I don't know if it makes total yep. sense. And I was like, well, with Liz's question here, I think uh, maybe I'll just kind of get into this here. So I recently had uh, an inquiry on a date and everything went great. You know, like the initial emails back and forth were with the bride and we set up the uh, meeting and everything like that for uh, Skype. Uh, they're going to be, um, they're like out in Boston or something like that. So we met over, over Skype. Mm-hmm. And when I got on the, um, consult with this couple, um, in comes the groom and the groom was pro- and so and this was going to be like my, my conundrum for you. The groom was literally <laughs> just like, Hey, what kind of lenses do you use? What lenses do you, what, what cameras do you bring to the, what, what cameras do you bring to the wedding? Um, you know, in section C3 of your contract, it says this, this, and this, and can we change it to this, this, and this, and section 17 says this, this, and this, and can we change it to this, this, and this? Cause it seems very one-sided to your business. And so I was, you know, as this is happening during the consult, I'm thinking, okay, I can go one of two ways here, you know, like I can, um, I can come back and just be very businesslike and and everything like that and, and be very straight, which I think to some extent you should regardless of it. Or I can take things in stride and have a smile on my face and basically just answer his questions and kind of kind of put it in a way that's like, hey, you know, like 
what I don't know. I guess what I'm just saying is that by having a smile on my face by the beginning of this conversation with this potential client that I feel like many photographers with the questions that he was asking in a very direct, very business, very, you know, I felt as though he didn't really care about my work or anything like that. It was more about like the business and being afraid of being, Mm -hmm. you know, in some situation where I wasn't going to do the job that I said or something like that. And so, but I was very proud of myself on this particular consult because by the be- the beginning of the interview it was very straight and business, and there was no connection. I felt no connection with this couple at all because it, be- it got so business like. And you ne- and you know, yeah. and wedding what- photographers out there, you know that you need to have a connection with your couple in order. Not even if they're if it's a, it's a book or whatever, but also like if you're going to end up t- shooting their wedding and taking photographs. So through a lot of smiling and through a lot of kind of calling him out basically on on some different things like i even i even pretty much told told this the groom like right during the concert i was like you know man i won't mention a name or anything but i was like you know man you're you're pretty formal here on this conversation you know that right and i had a smile <laughs> on my face when i was doing it. he's like and he's like yeah yeah i know you know what i mean and then his bride the bride was the same thing but by the end of that whole consult he was smiling mm-hmm. he was laughing and he's and i know they're going to be a great client but but I know a lot of wedding photographers would like turn those clients away. Like, like I, even in my head, in the in the beginning, I was like, "Whoa!" There were like red flags kind of going up all over the place, and I was like, mm-hmm. "You know, I could." I'm. It crossed my mind. It literally crossed my mind. I was like, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be myself. Yeah. I'm gonna." Get these get these guys to laugh and and be and connect with them. And I was so proud that by the end of that that one I did because I got grilled harder than I have ever got grilled. You know, <laughs> you know, like on some of these questions. And because he's like a kind of amateur photographer kind of thing, and so and sometimes that makes it yeah, even harder yeah. when they're at, you know they they know some of the logistics and things that, that go behind it, but they don't mm-hmm. do what we do at the same time. You know, so so anyway, so 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 that's kind of playing yeah, off a yeah, list I mean, too. I, um, there with that it's like you can you can even if this guy that you work with you're not sure about whatever you he can still be a great client if you um if you kind of do that thing that i did you know like you can you can maybe find a way to make it work maybe not i don't know so neil i I just Mm -hmm. you were about to respond to something there so go ahead no i mean that's part of our job is being a psychologist really um because every client is different and you really don't know their background um i mean i'm I'm sure you've had a lot of clients just like we've had a lot of clients as to where um they're lawyers for a living or they're accountants for a living and they need to understand these contracts and they need to understand every single line and if they're not comfortable with it or if they have a question with it they kind of want to they kind of want to ask you i mean that that's that's their livelihood is asking people questions um and to make themselves feel comfortable so you kind of have to play people out just kind of like what you did um and and you did it right by keeping a smile on your face. Uh, usually, sometimes when I kind of I kind of like to match clients. Um, if if someone gets serious, I get mm-hmm. serious too. Uh, but of course, you got to kind of keep a smile on your face and try and keep it light because then you'll kind of lose control of the whole mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, because remember, this is this is your meeting and not mm-hmm. not theirs. Uh, so you kind of have to take control of of it at all times, um, and you know. Keep it light because meetings are part of your brand too. Even even though it's mm-hmm. just a meeting, um, you are, are representing your your company yeah. and your brand. That, you so. know that's interesting that you Kudos. say that Good about job. the control thing because I'm thinking back to this meeting and 
I lost control of that consult about two minutes into it when he started asking all the questions, you yeah. know? So, and I, and I knew that that, yeah, yeah exactly. Back, that, though, man. that was, that was the other part of it too. So, um, because, because I don't know if, I don't know, um, if you want to share what he does for a living, but a lot, a lot of lawyers, they, they like to have this control. They like to control the, uh, the whole mm-hmm. room. So do you, do you know what he, what you know, he does for no, a living? I'm not really you... sure. I didn't ask, but I know, I mean, they live in Boston okay. and, and he probably has a, you know, mm-hmm. probably some kind of high power office position. I've had to guess, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I wouldn't be surprised anyway. So yeah. So, cool, and then, so, but now the, the second part of Liz's question. So if she does decide to, that it doesn't work, what do you do? How do you, did you mention that a little bit in your answer? Maybe you did. Um, well, I, I just said, you'd kind of just take it from there and you, um, you know, you say, you know what, you lost your time slot. I have nothing pretty much available. Uh, but I do have really talented friends who, or other photographers uh, in the business that can take care of you and, and send them to someone um, that you don't have to, uh, so you don't have to deal with it. Okay. So so it looks like you're still helping them out. So it keeps that work relationship um, good in, in good spirits. Yes. Oh, you know what? What about you? Would you do anything differently there? Uh. No, no, I think that that pretty much answers it. Um, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. I, I actually, I do have a conundrum for you, so we'll exchange cannot send conundrums. send them to Andy, uh, so so he has to deal with them. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Listen, yeah, exactly. You can send them my way. Yeah, send any problem clients to to photographers in your area that you hate. You know what I mean? So if you really like, if somebody really pisses you <laughs> yeah. off in your area, just just send them all that way. You know? Listen. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, so getting on to our kind of more main topic uh, this episode, uh, we mentioned uh, last episode that we started to get a little bit into post-processing, but didn't really uh, get into more detail. So we're going to get into a little bit more detail with uh, post-processing discussion. But also, Neil, I think as part of that uh, conversation, I wanted to talk a little bit about calling as well as part of that thing, Um, because I think a lot of... Um, beginning amateur wedding photographers, or even people that maybe need reminders too later on about um, how do we how do we call a wedding? What images do we decide to keep uh, versus what images mm-hmm. do we decide to not? So, um, can I throw the calling question your way first and just say like how do you deal with uh, the number of images when you come home from a wedding? Uh, and mm-hmm. you have all these thousands of images between you and a potential second shooter. Uh, how do you decide on what images you keep, what images you don't keep? Um, do you, del- you do, um, start, do you use a star system? Do you, um, just, just edit the good ones in, or do you take the bad ones out? What is your process for just kind of, um, selecting the images that you're going to edit and work with to begin with? I'm not so sure if I'm the, the right person to answer this because my, my wife, she does the culling oh. first. Uh, she, she's got the good eye for what should stay, what should go. She gets rid of a lot more stuff than I probably would. And that's why she does it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I, I take so many shots and every shot is personal to me. And I've, there's a reason why I take it, but there are some, some, uh, where I just kind of go crazy and, um, go overboard as, as to where she kind of, she's, she's the, uh, she's the one who, who says, no, we, they don't need all this. And, um, so yeah, she's the, and, the, and that's how we kind of go through it. I'm, I'm the yes guy. She's the no, no person. <laughs> um, she, she's the one who gets that number down to like, uh, a reasonable number to where it doesn't overload the clients. Um, 
if if we shoot uh, about two thousand shots in a day, um, she'll get it down to a thousand or or close to that. If she might get it down to eleven hundred, and then once I start going through the wedding, I'll get rid of like another hundred just to get her around that thousand area. Um, I, I that's probably a little bit too much for for clients, but um, but when you're rocking a rocking a strong wedding, uh, it's it's hard to delete a, some some mm-hmm. images. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's, there are times where I go through like a whole micro burst, like I'll, I'll shoot like a big series of shots, especially when that veil's flown in the wind and, and the lighting is absolutely perfect. Um, I'll keep a little bit of everything, but, um, uh, if, if, if things are starting to look the same, I'll crop it differently mm-hmm. or I'll, I'll do something a little bit differently in post just to where I'll, I'll bring the exposure down just so it has a little bit of mm-hmm. different look if I can't That's get rid important. of it. Yeah. Um, then I'll, then I'll change it up and give them a little bit of something different. You never know. They might like that darker look or, or bright and air look. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, so I leave it, I kind of leave it up to them of, of what they want to do with the image if they want to print it out. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we kind of go through the images about three times. Um, my wife once actually she does it twice, but and then and then I gotta go through it twice, and, and so I guess that's four times. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's calling, um, and um, I'm not sure how she does a star system or flagging um, or just deletes as she goes. Um, but what I do, I, I flag them, and so it doesn't completely get rid of them. It, you know, um, just in case uh, if I flag something and then the next image, you know it's completely different um, and I don't have another shot like it, then I'll kind of go back and be like, okay, I need to keep mm-hmm. this one. So it doesn't completely disappear mm-hmm. on me. So um, you? So for me, you know, between me and a second shooter, we'll end up shooting on average about 2,500 to 3,000 photos, something like that. Um, sometimes more depending on uh, the, the type of wedding. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, so between that, when, what I do is... Uh, when I have everything loaded up in Lightroom and uh, what I do is I color coordinate each camera. So sometimes if I have two bodies and my second shooter has two bodies, I'll, I'll color coordinate all those. My first camera will be red. My second camera will be yellow. Uh, my first, my, and then, you know, I'll have different colors for my seconds, two bodies as well. And then uh, time syncing all of the images up to making sure that that the story of the day is told um, between those four cameras in order. So I'll make sure that those are all in order. That... Yeah, which I I had to recently do that and I had to go back to... I can't remember the episode, but I had to go back to that episode where Mm -hmm. you uh, um, gave directions of how to do that. We have... Yeah, we got to post that somewhere. Yeah, it's... I've had to go back to that a couple times. Nobody knows how to do it. And... (laughs) But... I always, and I always forget. I do, you know, every time I do it, I'm like, oh, I can yeah. remember this. And yeah. Then I forget. So I'll try and remember where that is for the show notes. I'll try. I can't, I don't know. I don't remember what show mm-hmm. it's in. Maybe somebody, maybe a listener can tell me what show it's in. I don't know. Um, but, but I did at some <laughs> point basically say how to do that. It's kind of detailed oh. oriented process, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, the show is the one where you had your newest assistant, your newest intern. Um, oh, Stephanie. Oh, because she yes. was doing it. I was teaching her how yeah. to do it. So, yeah, it was oh, that episode. Oh, so it was called Internships and You, I think was the, was the name of the title of the episode, Internships and th- You. I think so, and it's all the way at the end of the episode, too. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so... Continue on, I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, that's... cut you off anymore. No, that, no that's okay. That's, <laughs> that's good for our listeners. If you, um, you know, don't know how to time sync between cameras, go back to that episode at the end of that Internships episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then once I, once I have everything in order, uh, and I have a basic preset that, that goes... 
that goes through for Nikon bodies or Canon bodies, depending on what uh, people are shooting. I have a basic preset for each camera. And then from there, um, what I'll do is um, I'll edit in rather than edit out. So if I have, for example, 3000 images, I use a star system and I'll go through those 3000 images and just edit in the shots that I feel are potentially deliverable images that, that for me, when I think about calling are, I ask these questions, uh, is it, does it tell part of the story of the day? Is it redundant? Because if it, if it tells part of the story of the day, it needs to be a yes. It needs to stay. If it's redundant, mm. then it needs to go. Like I'm not about delivering redundant images at all. Like there's for, in my, in my opinion, there is absolutely zero reason to, to deliver th the same of two or three shots that are exactly the same. So like what Neil just said just a minute ago, <laughs> like if you're going to deliver the it's same, it's against your rules. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's totally against my rules. It's like, it's like you're hiring me as a professional to make these decisions. I feel like, like, it's like, I'm not going to give you three shots of you guys looking dead in the camera with the, the most minor details of difference between each shot. I feel like that's, that's an unprofessional thing to do to deliver those, those three images that are exact, that are so incredibly the same that when, for me, I feel like I should have made the decision, number one, which one is best and get, deliver that image. But then number two, if I'm going to deliver them other takes, I'm going to do something like what you just said, Neil, which is give it a slightly different crop make it black and white, um, uh, do something, anything, anything that's different so that it's not a redundant image that's getting delivered. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, for, for me, I feel like that's, uh, it's very important, uh, at least in terms of how I choose to call a, a wedding. Right. I know that some mm -hmm. of, um, some of our photographer friends deliver a lot of those same images. And if that's your thing, you know, if you're all about giving people uh, 20 of the same shot with uh, minor differences, then by all means, feel free. Go ahead. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's your, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, maybe that's your style. I don't know. I'm, I'm just being a jerk right now, but, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, so is it, does it tell part of the story of the day? Is it redundant? Yes or no. Um, and if it's going to be redundant, then I, at least I'll, I'll leave them in that first round. I'll leave in a series of 10 because I don't, I my the brain power. I don't have the brain power to like decide which image is best on that first run. So if it's a potential, I'll still use star it. I use threes. Um, I'll start anything that's potential as threes. Uh, and then I'll go through the whole, uh, wedding, you know, and, and, and some images will not be selected as potentials if they're out of focus, if they're under, under or overexposed to the point that it's not recoverable, um, which sometimes happens. I don't care who we are. We all, it all happens to all of us, regardless of our level. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect. Um, but so out of the 3000 images, um, I'll usually end up with about, uh, about 1100, something like that on that first run. And then I have all my three stars. And then on my second run through, um, now we're getting more into the post-processing as opposed to the calling here. But on my second run through, uh, I will, I will edit that entire wedding in a way that is deliverable. So I want to make sure that, that my three stars, which, uh, would be normally a thousand one hundred images by the time I get through that round and I have a deliverable wedding, um, I'm usually more at, uh, I'm usually more at about, uh, you know, 800 photos, something like that. Um, and, the, and I hold off on doing the, the art ones, so to speak, or the ones where I put more click, uh, time and energy into until after I have that wedding ready to go. I used to in years past do like my creative edits first. And then what happens mm -hmm. is, uh, it's, it's inconsistent. Like I'll have like, like white balances that are really off from one image to the next, because I didn't think through that when I was doing the artistic edits in terms of color. 
So I've I've held off. So I've kind of like like glossed over the ex, the, the detailed post processing uh, part of that. Um, let me just get into one more thing, and then Neil will kind of go back and forth because I'm talking a lot here. But sure. Uh, so on that, when you're doing that initial round of post processing, I think that there's two kinds of of post processing. There's um, there's basically editing, and then there's uh, you know like the detailed touch-up work and and artistic work, right? So on that second round that I'm going through, that's the editing. And when I say editing, I mean color correction, cropping, um, uh, checking for exposure, making sure that 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 is a professionally deliverable wedding from beginning to end that's consistent in terms of colors. Sometimes I'll do some black and whites in there, but it's not like I'm not getting into any at all. I'm not doing any like skin touch-up work, detailed work, like artistic stuff. Sometimes it's hard to turn that part of your brain off, but I feel like mm-hmm. I have to do that then so that I can, so that I can have that wedding deliverable. Otherwise I take way too long to edit a wedding if I don't, if I don't segregate yeah. it like that. So, and then we can get more into post-processing, but, but, but Neil, from the things that I've mentioned, uh, do you have a similar process, something different? Uh, how am I doing so far? Any thoughts? Talk to no, me. fantastic. And um, I was just going to jump in and say I do the exact same way of that. Uh, I, I start doing my my editing after everything is done in Lightroom, um, just just like you said. So it's consistent. Um, if if I jump in right after the wedding, like the the night of, and I want to edit an image, and then all of a sudden, you know, a couple weeks later is to where the whole thing is done in Lightroom. It'll look completely different of how. I think the rest of the images that I'm going to edit artistically, um, it's going to look completely different than than the first image that I edited that night. So, um, so yeah, I, I always right now I just kind of save those special edits um, until everything is wrapped up and done. But we've kind of we've kind of changed our system a little bit. Is where I, I no longer really give um, our clients my special editing until they order an album or if an album is in placed and ordered. Um, when when people order an album, all of those images are going to be edited by me. They don't get anything um, with my special touch um, if if they don't receive an album or order an al- album. So uh, so it kind of kind of makes people want to album a little bit more. I'll give them a couple teasers to say, hey, you know, you could have a whole album of edited images that look like this. Um, you know, but maybe that's just like one or two. But yeah, my my, my whole new thing is uh, to get albums in people's hands, and that's kind of hmm. um, kind of new thing that we're doing. It's and it's pretty. Uh, it's it's working pretty well for that's us. Pr- that's pretty. Hmm. I kind of like that idea because I've recently <laughs> changed my um, package. I don't have packages anymore. I just have like one base rate and the books on top of mm-hmm. it. And Mm-hmm. In order to try and sell more books, and also because I took out like the number of creative edits, I, in my, I used to have packages, and I would have this many creative edits and this many creative edits, and now yeah. I, I don't have that anymore um, because I kind of mm-hmm. got like, well, I'm going to edit the ones that I want to anyway. But that is a good way because the time should time versus money. Like if you're going to spend that time editing those photos, um, you can kind of wrap it into a wedding book. That makes a lot of sense. I like that idea. Yeah, definitely. And then it definitely. actually gets people to have so. the actual images you know the quality work from the physical product interesting exactly it always annoyed me when people were just like where are my edits where are my edits i want my edits and it's like what are you, what are you going to do with these edits they would look so good in yeah. an album so now we just kind of changed away as to where you don't get any edits and unless you can order order yeah. an album so um yeah just one more more one more way to sell right. albums so we each have conundrums here in a second but the post-processing mm-hmm. thing, we still didn't get into in detail like at all yet. 
And I'm just wondering, sure. <laughs> I hate to push it back another episode, but we're like 40 <laughs> minutes in or something like that right now. Um, should we okay. just go to conundrums and then and then push this back well, one I more don't know. time? Where, where do you want because, to how, how deep do you want to go? I kind of want to go deep on Remember, it. there are listeners. Remember from our poll, there are listeners who want uh, 60 to 90 minute episodes. That's true. Even though, I, even though I do have a meeting um, in, in a little bit because I do have to go sell an album. Um so I, I I really can't go too much longer. I but would, uh, but yeah, what 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 do you want to what do you want to talk about post? Because I love. Post I kind of want to get into like a more like totally in depth post processing thing, and I don't want to just try and like cram it in fifteen minutes right now. So so okay. listeners okay. don't don't hate. Um, but so we're gonna we're gonna to be, we're gonna to push continued. that back to next episode, and uh, if, that, if that's okay. Um, and then, then we'll actually be able to kind of do it the right way rather than just throw it in with like the beginning editing process and, and everything mm-hmm. else we got going on right now. So, uh, all right. So going on to some conundrums, man, do I still have that yeah. audio file with conundrums? If I do, I'll throw it in. If not, it's just going to be me talking. Right now. <laughs> um, or I just might skip over the section and not know. Anyway, uh, I, Neil, I have a conundrum for you. Uh, at least I thought okay, I did. Cool. 15 minutes ago and I was like, Hey, I have a conundrum, but why is it not coming to my mind right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Say it before you lose it. Oh, or, Oh, you lost. It's already it. lost. It's already lost. <laughs> what would I possibly? Okay. Well, I'm, well, I'm going to go it? first with my conundrum. It's, it's a little bit of a long story, but um, I'll, I'll try and I'll try okay. and make it let's, short. Let's for do you. yours first. And I'll, while I'm listening to you, I will do two things at once and also think of my conundrum. So go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, Man, it seems like we're having some issues with some limo limo companies this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one uh, one smashed my car, and then this other one, um, we're not really at fault for anything. And they're um, but anyways, okay. Here's here's the conundrum: is that um, we were working a wedding, and in this limo company, we always work with them. And there's this limo driver we always love to refer because he's probably the best limo driver in the area. Well, once we once we got photos of the the bride getting ready, we went outside and there he was and we're like always happy to see him. He's always happy to see us, but he just wasn't acting normal. It, it looked like something was wrong with him. And you know, he said he was sick. So, went to the ceremony. He's not looking good. He's getting sick. Um shooting the ceremony. There's there's ambulances, there's cop cars outside of the church. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what what just happened?" Well, the uh, the limo driver ended up getting sick inside the limo, got out of the limo, passed out in the street. Um, people called 911, and therefore um, they they shipped him off away in an ambulance. There's the limo wow. truck just, just sitting there. Um, no driver. It's a very busy day. Um, probably one of our most requested weddings uh, of the year, wedding dates of the year. So therefore, probably everybody else is really busy. So the, the limo company probably is very busy as well. Um, the, uh, the bride and groom, they called the limo company, uh, told them what happened and all they were pretty much concerned is, uh, how their, how, what the status of their driver was, which mm-hmm. you could pretty much, if, if it was sure. me, yep. I'd be concerned of how my employee is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bride and groom, they were pretty much all cons- pretty much concerned of how they were going to get to their next location. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing was it. getting done. Nothing. Do absol- if that, you know, if, you're, if you're asking me, I'd do it. <laughs> well, you need your CDL license, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I still might too. do it anyway, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, nothing was getting done and we actually have an in with this company. You know, we, we do have a contact as to where we can get to the owner. Mm-hmm. So I got on the phone and the, the owner was there within 20 minutes along with a, 
with a new driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I continued shooting the bride just to take her mind off of things, you know, run the church. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it wasn't absolutely. really working. Uh, the, you could see in the images that she had this stressed look on her face that yeah, I yeah. just couldn't, couldn't break through. Sure. But you couldn't, you could kind of understand that. Um, yep, yep. so, we, so in, in my timeline, I had the bride and groom, uh, to the church until three o'clock. Um, we ended up leaving the church at three Oh nine. So all is good. Right. Um, so anyway, um, Went to our locations, went to every single location that they requested, got them back at their reception in time. Everything was good. So then um, uh, wedding ended, bride and groom, they went off on their honeymoon. And then when when they got back, they said, you know, we're trying to contact the limb company, but they're not returning our calls. They're like, do you have a contact information? Because we know that you you came through for us on the wedding day. We're like, "Uh, you know what? We don't want to get involved. I'm sorry. You have to call the main number because... I have personal phone numbers that I have to respect and not give out. So I just said, you know, just, just try. Um, but anyways, in, in the background, we kind of got a hold of these people and they're like, you know, the, the owner's out of town right now on vacation. He'll be back. That's why he's, she's not receiving our, our phone calls. So, so I, we kind of explained that to them. And so what do you know that that's what happened? And then, um, we got an email from the bride a couple days later saying that just so you guys know, I don't believe this, but the, uh, the limo company pretty much said uh, there must've been a fallout in the conversation. But the, the, what the bride said is that the limo company pretty much said that all of my vendors for the day, including the photographers ended up calling me a B I T C H word um, at the end of their conversation. So, you know, that the conversation didn't go well. Mm. Um, but I don't like the fact that the, the limo company kind of threw us under the bus for something that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, including all of the other vendors on the day, especially when we refer this company. Um, so this happened not too long ago, of course. Well, well, let me ask you what you would do if you received that email and then we'll, we'll kind of go, go deeper into it. If that email just came in, came in saying that someone, you know, you called their client that word, wait, what would you do? Are they saying that who, who exactly, who exactly, did they say that about you? The, uh, the owner of the company told the bride that you were because that I said that about the bride oh, and oh, all oh, of that, the other vendors. Wait, 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 that, that you, Neil Urban said, uh, that the bride was a bitch. Yes, and all the other vendors too, and all the other vendors too, including us. Yes, and that's what because because obviously she was she could have been acting like that towards the limo company. Maybe she was trying to get something out of the limo company. Yeah, I don't know, um, but that's what the limo company said to, about us and the other vendors, and that's what she wrote in an email saying. But she did say, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that you guys would do this, yeah. but we just want we just want to let you know that this is what was said. Um, so you just got that email in. What would you do right uh, The only there? thing that you could do is just say, uh, I, I never said that. And I'm sorry to hear that, you know, these people are saying this when that's something I would never say. Um, it's an unfortunate mm-hmm. situation. And um, if there's anything that you need me to do, please let me know. You know, like, yeah. like that's all you can do is that's all you can do is just uh, is, you know, just say things the way that they actually are, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we got on the phone right away. We we didn't respond by email because we wanted we wanted her to hear sure. our voices. Yes, and, and of of one hundred. You know, there, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. Yep. there's only so much that you can do by email and everything. Sure. But yeah, that is not. And an email if, thing. if yeah. something like this goes on, get on that phone and str- you people can really hear your concern through through voice recognition. Yeah. Um. But but anyways, uh, what would you do about this company? And any any uh. Uh, well, I would, I would have to see, I have two minds of this uh, one mind. <laughs> yes. Because I knew you were the per- the perfect person to ask. So I kind of want to know, uh, okay. know what you would do. So I have, I have two minds and one is call and say like, Hey, I heard that, you know, you, you might've said something about us that we didn't say. I'm just curious. I'm just curious to know, you know, did you actually do that? And, um, is this true? Whatever. But I feel like doing that is just ends up being confrontational. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm a, I would be afraid if, if I didn't get the answer back that I, that I liked, that I would also become, I would start getting pumped up myself. And then I'm going to start saying something dumb and getting into that whole mode. So, so part of me is just like, as long as, um, you know, what was said was said, and hopefully it's something that wouldn't be said again. It wouldn't be an issue again. And you took care of it with the people that actually matter, which is the bride. Right. right. But if, um, so, so the other side of me is more just like people out there in the world sometimes are just, there's just some dumb people out there. Do you know what I mean? There's just, there's just some people that are just going to continue to be dumb regardless of if you have a conversation oh, with them or the not. Andy I love. You know, <laughs> like, like you can be dumb and lie about things and you're going to continue to be dumb and lie about things regardless of if I give you a call and have a conversation saying, Hey, did, were you dumb? You know, like you're either going to answer, yes, I was dumb or no, I wasn't. And Either way, you're still probably going to continue to be dumb if you did, in fact, actually do that. So if I can't change you and you're just going to be who you're going to be anyway, the only thing you can ever do sometimes is just give people love regardless of how dumb they are. So mm-hmm. if if, they're, if this limo company, this person or whatever is being dumb, I mean, I could, you know, if I ever saw them in the future, I could say, hey, man, what's going on? Good to see you. And you just put on that smile and say, in your head, you can know they're dumb, but you could smile. You could smile at them and say, you know, like, hey, because really... That's just, you know, this is the Buddhist uh, philosophy. It's like, that's his suffering. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's this person's suffering. So this person can be angry. They can suffer. They can be suffering. They could be making up lies about things in order to cover up their own insecurities. But Mm -hmm. the reality is, is like, you can either confront that and be confrontational about it, or you can just give them love and hope for the best. And it's just going to be what it's going to be and try to ignore it as best you can. Although it might eat you up inside a little bit. Who cares? Who cares? There's just some dumb people out there. Let them be dumb if they want to be dumb. And give them love, yeah. and maybe they'll. And, and and then if you give them love, then maybe they will not be as dumb in the future. They're like, oh, I didn't need <laughs> to be dumb. My insecurities were my own, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's it's you know it's kind of sad because we do send a lot of people business their way, and then this well, is not this anymore. Is the treatment. And and plus and plus we came to. I mean, we helped out the bride, and we helped out this limo company on that on the day of. So all was all was fine, and this is how we get repaid of you know, us get brought into some, some drama of how they're running their business. Yeah. I just don't understand what people are thinking. Um, no matter how bad a bride is acting, never bring that up or never bring those words up. Of, yeah. I, I, and to throw your other vendor friends under the bus, I, I don't, I don't understand that whole way of thinking. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I was just going to kind of stay out of it and just, uh, you know, be my, 
professional self and let other people dig themselves into a hole. And that is now I need another that limo is, company to refer. Yep, that is the answer. And then this guy, hopefully he's okay. If you did refer people to him because you were, had a relationship with him, you might just want to tell him on the side sometime, like, hey, you know, just so you know, I really can't refer you anymore because of the company you're working with, you know, and it and it's yeah. just the the honest to god truth. And then maybe that'll be like when we will go somewhere else and or whatever, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but he, um, um, I got a report that uh, he is better now. Um, good. He was in the hospital for quite a few days, but yeah, he's better now, so mm -hmm. that's good. So, did you re uh, throughout the whole story? Did you remember your uh, conundrum? No, not at all. Um, so, <laughs> so hold on a second, uh, listeners. I'm going to take a break while I remember, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, we're back, uh, and I I really tried, and I really tried, and I cannot remember for the life of me. Five minutes later. Yeah. I mean, I'll, the only thing I could do is maybe like go back and listen to that part, but then the recording tracks get all messed up when I do the time syncs later, so that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So that conundrum... Well, hopefully you can uh, bring it for the yeah, next yeah. episode. That conundrum will take place next episode. So, But there was a second part of Liz's question there that we'll, we'll do that, and I think maybe call it an episode here. Um, so uh, Liz also asked uh, this question. She says, um, also, do you prefer uh, shooting the bride and groom and bridal party shots, uh, in parentheses, the more fun, fine art hero shots, where the ceremony has taken place, question mark? Or would you prefer if the couple has made time to travel to a location? Uh, Neil, where would you want to shoot your hero shots? At the ceremony location? Or would you prefer if the couple has made time to travel to a location? I follow the light. Yeah. If if the light if the light is beautiful, if the setting is beautiful at the location of the ceremony, I will stay there and do whatever I can. I mean, I'll I'll get hero shots whenever the lighting or everything is good. Um I might get the hero shots before the ceremony of the bride getting ready. Um I try and get hero shots all day. Um so yeah, if, if the lighting, if if I see really beautiful lighting and a and a beautiful background, I'll get those shots. And who knows, the the location shot uh, might the hero shots at on the location might be stronger than my hero shots at the church. If not, then I have hero shots at the church. Um, if I don't have any hero shots throughout all day, I'll try and get them at night at the uh, during the reception. I'll pull them outside. Hopefully, something amazing will happen. Um, so yeah, I try and get hero shots whenever I possibly can. Um, but as far as the, uh, and, and that, that, that kind of includes the bridal party too. Um, if, if the lighting is really, really good at the ceremony location, I'll get as much done as possible because our second location might not have good lighting at all. So it's, it's, it's all about the lighting and, and the feeling. So just, uh, just try and do it whenever you can. But if, if, if you're not feeling the location of the ceremony, if the lighting isn't good, if, if you're just not feeling it, if you're excited about the location, then yeah, go right, go straight to the location. What about you? I think you answered that question uh, perfectly. Uh, it, it really is. I think it's, I think clients worry a little bit too much about location. I think photographers sometimes worry a little bit too much about location too, or it's mm -hmm. like what you said of following the light, following the mood and what, what looks good or what can you find in the area that you're in? Like, like if you, even if you have, um, an amazing location booked following the wedding, if you're at the ceremony and something is am something amazing, like this amazing light is cutting through this church window, create doing this incredible thing. Don't be dumb and not shoot that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like shoot the shit out of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, like you need yeah. to shoot that. 
Um, and, and you need to be constantly looking around all day. Like what Nigel said, like all day you need to be looking for those little things. And it's because it's like, if you're in an area that's great, shoot there. Uh, don't go to the next location, which is a question mark, which is a total question mark. Shoot in location where you see something amazing happening right then and there. Um, mm-hmm. And so between, I guess, Liz, if you're asking which do you prefer, I mean, it's nice when a couple has a nice location booked. It can it can be icing on the cake, but it doesn't really matter because then sometimes, you know, that location won't be that great of a location either. You know, it's you just yeah. you got to you got to do the here's what I've always said on this podcast is just about wedding photography is just the only thing you can do is the best that you can in the provided situation. So mm-hmm. that as long as you're doing that, you're being, you're doing the best that you can. Uh, you're doing the best that you can to, to, to take the best shots. But that means constantly looking around and constantly being looking for that. You guys are using the word hero shots, but looking for that hero shots like all day at all times. And mm-hmm. then when you feel when you feel yourself getting, this is my problem lately. When you feel yourself kind of being like, oh, this, you know, being the location where I'm shooting in is a little bit redundant and I'm not like finding the thing. And I've shot in this location 10 times before. Like the second you start thinking like that, you need to unthink like that. And you need to think, okay, what can I do different here? Where is there something new? What, where is there something that, that I can create the light or make something happen that I haven't done here before in the past? Um, you know, and I even like I shot in this hotel room because it was raining in this, you know, the other day on, on a wedding and raining on the wedding. And I was with the couple and we had that was the time that we had planned. We're like, OK, I'm going to make I'm going to do something in this hotel room that you, involves me using lights and creating something awesome, even if it's against the backdrop of this not so great, uh, you know, uh, curtain. That That is really the only thing that I have to work with. But but you can you can create those situations, too. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the best you can in the provided situation. That's the best uh, thing that I have. And and it's okay to take a little time out. Uh, give step back from everybody. Uh, just tell the tell the bride that you're gonna go check something out, um, and just kind of take a step back and look around uh, and, and study the lighting. Look at the light. Look the way the light is hitting certain spots of the whole area. And then once once you find the light then kind of put together a whole plan of how you're going to shoot what, like the bride and groom alone with the bridal, and then shoot the bridal party elsewhere, then put together a quick shot list and then get right to work. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be afraid to take a little bit of a time out away from everybody and everything and just kind of step back and take a look. So, yeah. Okay, listeners. So next episode, we will actually – Get into the, get into the post processing and a more detailed discussion, uh, and also this conundrum that I can't remember now. I'll be because the reason that I needed to take that five minutes because I'm going to be so upset at myself when I'm editing this this podcast, and I'll be like, oh, that's what it was, and it would have fit perfectly into this conversation, you know, and 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 that's why I was because I was like, oh, that's a great conundrum for this, but I it's gone. So, um, well, write write it down when it happens. When, when, when it I do, back. I will, and we'll be ready to go with that for episode forty eight. Uh, so, uh, listeners, thanks again for listening in. And Neil, where can people find you? Neil Urban, N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N. Type it in Google and you'll find me. And Andy Buscemi, last name is Buscemi, B-U-S-C-E-M-I. If you Google me, you'll find me. Thanks so much for listening in, everybody. And I'll feed us in. Bye-bye.
Sengutz. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so it's uh, gut, G-U-T, like gut, like G-O-O-T. That means good uh-huh. in German. Okay. Uh, but then Goots. if you say, but then if you say sehr gut, s like s e h r or I'm sorry, s sehr like sehr 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 gut, gut mm-hmm. sehr gut. So good, very good. Gut sehr gut. Gut sehr gut. No 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 no. Gut <laughs> gut g o o t gut. Okay. Gut sehr gut. Yeah yeah yeah. Gut sehr 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 gut. Gut sehr gut. 